The game is 2-2 when the soldiers come in their jeeps down the path to Gutu. Javu shouts at me. Kick, Deo, kick! I catch the ball between my foot and the earth and point. The soldiers are coming, I say. The boys stop playing. They turn to look at where I'm pointing. The president must have sent them. Perhaps he has heard how hungry we are. Grandpa Longjop said that when there was no more sadza, no more cassava, and when the people cried with hunger, then the soldiers would come. He says our president will never let us go hungry. Grandpa Longjop is never wrong, but I have never seen soldiers bringing food. We can still win before they get here, shouts Shadrach. Kick Deo, I'm open. I turn back to the game. Javu is out right, running wide. He has his hand up in the air, calling for the ball. If I pass to him, he will be blocked by Pelo, the buster. Javu could never get around heavy Pelo, the best defender in Masvingo province. Better to make some Deo magic myself. I scoop the ball up with my foot, flick it up in the air and head it past Buku, who is the plotter of the group. Shadrach runs into the space to my left. This is going to be so easy. The old one, two, three move. First touch to Shadrach, pushing the ball through the legs of Pelo and then Shadrach sending it back onto my right foot. A quick glance up at Lola in goal, crouching now, ready to save my cannon shot. Or so she thinks. I move to kick the ball with my right foot but don't. The reason? Pelo the buster is sliding toward me in a slow-moving heap of knobby knees, thick shins and big feet to collect the ball and to upend me. I tow the ball into the air, jump over his legs and kick with my left foot as hard as I can. The ball sails past Lola's open arms. It was too high, she shouts. Too high! She's right, Deo. That's too high. Buku points at the imaginary bar my ball supposedly sailed over. Innocent goes mad on the sidelines. He runs up and down with his arms outstretched like the wings of an aeroplane, screaming, Goal! Innocent said it's a goal, I point out, and he can see from where he's standing. It is always like this. When Lola misses, then the shot is always too high. I'm not sure why we let a girl play with us, but nobody else wants to be goalie, so she's useful. I like Lola, and I don't like her. She can be friendly one moment and moody the next. Innocent says that's why he stays well away from girls. He can't make up his mind whether he likes them or not. He's your brother, of course he thinks it's a goal. This is Buku again, all hands on hips, head cocked back, as if he has been robbed in broad daylight. No use asking that one, he's crazy, says Pelo, tapping his temple with his finger. What does he know about... Pelo the Buster does not have the chance to finish what he's saying because he has to deal with my fist in his mouth. Nobody talks about innocent in front of me. Pelo should know better. Shadrach wraps his arms around me and pulls me away. Pelo is looking to give me some of my own medicine. I glare at him, daring him to come at me. But he looks past me. Pelo the Buster can beat me any day of the week. But right now, something else is more important to him than busting my brains. The jeeps carrying the soldiers. I hear their engines. They are closer now. The jeeps bump and rattle down the path where only cattle and villagers coming from Laglisa town and Mbandeni Kral have walked. There are five, maybe six soldiers in each jeep. Some of them are in full battle fatigues. Others just wear army waistcoats and belts with ammunition.
They all carry guns, porcupine quills pointing at the sky. They hold their guns as if the weapons weigh nothing. As if they are not dangerous. But I know the terrible noise they can make. And I have seen a cow cut in half from a burst of one of those guns. The soldiers look at us but don't see us. These men have been all over Zimbabwe. They went to Zaka when the people cried with hunger. But now the people cry no more. They went to Chipinge when the people were angry from hunger. So angry that some of them were killed. Auntie Aurelia told us that her niece was one of those who were hungry. She did not say how she bled to death. Auntie Aurelia cried for seven days and then spoke about her niece no more. The soldiers have been to faraway Kamativi, but no one speaks about what they have done there. And now they are here, in Gutu, my home.